0: Hey guys, and welcome to Get Life Podcast. Kunai, and you're like, oh my god, bish, what the hell's going on? Like, wow, why are you guys doing other interviews? We are doing interviews again. Before I get into it, because we've got a special guest, the next planning this episode for the last maybe two years, like pre-COVID, I had seen something, and I was like, you know what, I ruined really- it. And just as a little bit of a disclaimer for this episode, 2019, but I was going to MCM Expo and I was going to Eurogamer Expo at the same time. I had seen some notice boards at Canning Town Station. And I was like, oh my God, this is pretty cool. And it was some stuff that was anime themed. I'm presuming the first one that I saw was an original character. Since then, we've been trying to get TFL's approval and we finally did. So today we have Anthony with us. Anthony, say hello. Introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, hello. Uh, I'm Anthony. I'm a a CSA at Cannon Tan Station. I work uh, on the gate line and you know help out with the security checks and trains and customer services and anything you need help with. I'm there. Just
0: before we get into it, because you mentioned you're a CSA, but what is that exactly?
1: Yeah, all right. So uh, CSA is uh, an abbreviation for Customer Services Assistant. So mm. I'm uh, on the gate line, so I help uh, customers with their journeys. So if they need help with their tickets or Oyster cards or contactless payment cards to enter and exit the station. Uh, I'm there for obviously uh, local knowledge of the local area so if people need to for example as you said get to the Excel Centre for example Comic-Con I can direct them straight to where they need to go.
0: Because obviously you you are based in Canning Town that's the station that you serve and work at. We mentioned Comic-Con we mentioned MCM have you seen any weird things going on during Comic-Con? That's something that I really want to know
1: uh well it, m- it might surprise you but i've never been to a comic-con oh you've never okay one of my colleagues at uh, stratford goes there quite often i mean honestly i've never had a reason to go there to be honest with you because contrary to belief i was never really uh, an anime fan in any sort of sense until about three years ago so i've never mm-hmm. been there i mean in, in terms of anything weird because uh, i've never been there i don't know the specific place there but coming through the station you'd often get people uh in different, you know, cosplays and stuff like that. So we've seen uh, a few different uh, sites going through, but I wouldn't say they're odd or anything like that, but it's nice to see something different.
0: But you mentioned that you weren't an anime fan three years ago. What changed? What made you become
1: an anime fan? I met my girlfriend. She's heavily into anime, and she speaks uh, quite a bit of Japanese as well. So I didn't really know anything about anime, and honestly, I can't remember the first animes that I ever saw but I mean at the moment she's driving me nuts with Naruto. She's just watching episode after episode after episode and she doesn't do what any uh, other person would do and put her headphones in. She has it blaring throughout the house so but she she often skips scenes because she says that a lot of it is you know in, back in the past and sort of, that sort of Mm. past memories and all that and she just she hates that for some reason so she just skips it
0: to be honest with you I can understand her frustration a little bit because shows like Naruto and, and One Piece and things like that they have a lot of filler episodes just to fill out the episode pat it out a little bit I can kind of understand where she's coming at
1: yeah it's quite funny actually I mean you know it does make me laugh but I mean I did try to watch Naruto with her I think it was a couple of years ago but I, I don't know what it was I couldn't get on with the style I, I, I don't know if that makes sense but couldn't, I just couldn't get on with the style whereas My Hero Academia is more the stuff that I like if that makes sense so yeah
0: Although I will say this over time as anime fans i think we kind of learn to appreciate all these different styles of anime and, and we kind of get used to them as well i don't see myself really having that sort of prejudice against art styles anymore like i learned to appreciate all the different art styles in anime and, and the fact that there are all the shows out there and i shouldn't necessarily discredit them because their art style or animation style was a certain way i'd also say doing kunai and actually reviewing anime for a living you kind of realize that the art style tends to be the least of your problems there's a lot of shows out there that are plagued with some very big issues around story and character development and things like that so for me the art style hasn't been much of an issue for me with a lot of anime but to be honest with you i'm really curious to know what was that one show that made you think oh you know what i'm gonna stick with this anime thing and i'm gonna be dedicated to it
1: i mean i would say studio ghibli films are the ones that have kept going because there's so many of them so uh, I'm trying to think of the first one that I ever watched with my girlfriend. I, well, actually, it wasn't with my girlfriend. This was a, about 10 years ago when uh, I watched Spirited Away with my friends because they they were studio or they are Studio Ghibli fans. And I quite enjoyed it because back then I didn't like reading subtitles and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I do struggle a little bit now with the subtitles to a degree because I find that different films or animes have different speeds, like subtitles speeds if that makes sense so sometimes uh, I, I mean I can't remember what which film it was it's a Chinese film and I can't remember what it was uh what it was called but it's a war film I was really interested in it but the subtitles was going so quickly I had no idea what was going on uh, you know so I couldn't read them quickly enough and then I got my girlfriend I said well go on you try and read them and she was tried reading. read and I, oh no I'm lost already so yeah I mean if they're slow enough but I find a lot of uh, subtitles they they try to match the exact speed of the voice and it it's too quick but yeah i'd say um spirited away was the first ever one but i'd say my favorite one was my neighbor to Totoro. Oh, okay. I would say. For some reason, I just liked uh, that film. Yeah, I think it was was quite good. Although I've just finished watching Porco Rosso, which was a couple of weeks ago. Again, I've never seen it. Uh,
0: For me, I also enjoy the Studio Ghibli films. Uh, As you know, they are obviously uh, critically acclaimed. I've noticed that people that aren't traditional anime fans tend to enjoy the Studio Ghibli films because of the fact that it is critically acclaimed and coming from a uh, academy a winning studio but i think also there might be some consensus that it isn't necessarily considered as anime I think people just treat it as animation from japan as as opposed to anime in the traditional sense it might be because a lot of the time these are dubbed or they are kind of published and released by huge studios and licenses like disney etc so that might be why but to be honest with you i think that also happens with a lot of animation from the 90s Uh, if we're talking about sailor moon dragon ball um naruto probably not naruto but those shows that a lot of people grew up with watching on Toonami, watching on uh, Space Toon. If you live in the Arab world, for example, a lot of people don't consider them as anime. A lot of people see them as, you know, childhood cartoons or in Arabic, a film carton, you know, like cartoons, basically. It's funny because I go up to a lot of people and I ask them, hey, do you watch anime? And they're like, oh no, I don't watch anime. And they kind of give you this sort of disgusted look. But in response, I, I just ask them, well, have you seen Dragon Ball? And they're like, oh man, that stuff was my childhood. I love Dragon Ball, love po- Pokemon, love this and that when in reality that is also anime and I think a lot of people have this differentiation between anime and you know cartoons when in reality anime is just short for animation and it's just I mean there is so many different definitions of anime but the most popular one is just animation from Japan and these shows like Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball are also anime and I think a lot of people sort of dismiss it because maybe it's because anime and certain anime fans have garnered a certain reputation that might be considered negative and so people People want to stay away from that. I don't know. It is interesting that you mentioned Studio Ghibli and I just really want to know what is your favorite Studio Ghibli film?
1: My Neighbor Totoro or Spirited Away come to mind straight away mm. but then I've seen you know things like Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, I really I did actually really enjoy The Cat Returns. Okay. I, I do I do really like that one. Again recently I watched Paul Carosso. I mean the one that I've wanted to watch but my girlfriend keeps Putting me off of it is Grave and the Fireflies. Mm. She keeps saying it's, you have to really be in the mood. Yeah. That, that film it's very sort of somber and you know that sort of low energy if that makes sense i don't, mm. I don't know how to really no but i mean that looks interesting but uh, i mean there are a lot of ghibli films that i've, I've never seen so uh, there was princess mononoke which i really liked mm. although I, I was saying to my girlfriend it's like dances with wolves if that makes sense so it's yep. a very similar vibe to that so to be honest with i've never watched a ghibli film and felt that it's gone wrong, if that makes sense. Mm. The only one that I've not been able to get on with is uh, I don't know the exact name of it the Yamada's yeah and I think it's just as simple the style I just didn't really get on with that one.
0: It's interesting that you've mentioned your love for Studio Ghibli films but all the ones you've mentioned are directed by Miyazaki. I've met a lot of people that when you mention Studio Ghibli films all they say is Miyazaki Miyazaki Miyazaki, and I'm smiling as I'm saying this because they kind of go hand in hand but at same time there's a lot of Studio Ghibli films that I feel get overlooked because they're not directed by Miyazaki and that's unfortunate and if I was to recommend one of my favorite Studio Ghibli films to the audience obviously there is the tale of Princess Kaguya which is really beautiful in terms of its art style and animation but I also really love a film called Only Yesterday and I think a lot of people don't necessarily know about this Studio Ghibli one because this was released in 1991 in Japan under the name Omoide Poroporo which I believe means memories come tumbling down and only got a English language release in 2016 and had some very lovely voice actors in them one that comes to mind is of course Laura Bailey who's in everything Uh, one of like the top voice actors that I know personally and also has Daisy Ridley from Star Wars yeah don't sleep on this anime I think this is quite an amazing anime it sort of tells the story of uh, Takeo Okajima who's unmarried and she's living her whole life in Tokyo and she wants to sort of go to the rural countryside and she does that every year and she kind of wants to live there and it's it's quite interesting it's it's about her story about her as a woman but also how she was living her childhood and I think it's very powerful when you watch I don't want to spoil it here but it's an incredibly powerful film and I recommend everyone to go and watch it it's on Netflix now so open up Netflix go and watch it it's beautiful film what might have put people off from watching it is the fact that this isn't your tradition style of Ghibli film or your Miyazaki film in the sense that there is no action really Uh, there is no fighting it's set in a more modern sense right it's set between I think the 60s and modern day so there is no fantasy element within this film it's more of a realistic film in the sense that it focuses on the human struggle and I really like that and I really relate to that a lot so once again don't ignore this film because it's Fantastic for me, it changed my life for sure.
1: It does remind me. I mean, I'm sure I may have seen it actually. I think Miyazaki. I think he has a way of telling stories because I think he does quite family orientated films and stories, doesn't he? That's what I sort of take from it.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I really do enjoy a lot of Miyazaki's work and I would say even before I watched anime and even before I was a big anime fan I'd really love Miyazaki films I remember watching My Neighbor Totoro and watching Spirited of the Way and I'd watch them on film four or on BBC One actually I'm remember during like half term and Easter and stuff like that and it was actually my sister that was like you know you'd really enjoy these. This was even before I even liked anime and back then I used to really hate anime and I just never used to like it and I was quite disrespectful towards anime fans and the community at large. Going on from that point I just wanted to know is there any other shows and any other anime that you love because you mentioned My Hero Academia you gave us a little bit of a taste so I just really want to know more about your interest in anime.
1: I watched things with my girlfriend so I can't really remember all of the names yeah uh, my hero academia has been the main one recently or that because they've just brought out a new series haven't they or a new season uh but we've not watching it because we want you know, more episodes to come out and then we can binge watch it a bit, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do like that one. Although, to be honest with you, the first season I really struggled with. Really? Okay. Why is that? Oh, uh, what was the main character's name again? So I forget all the names as usual. Deku is the Deku, main character. Yeah. So me and my girlfriend had a problem with it, but me more so because in the first season, he was just crying all the time. And okay. I mean, obviously, I think this is an anime thing as well from what I'm being being told but I found it was quite over the top and it just went on and on and on and on and I was just like I don't know if I can handle this but from say the last couple of episodes in and maybe on to season two I really got into it and the good thing about the in my opinion the show is that Deku although he's the the main character that the other characters the secondary characters don't feel like secondary characters you feel like you know the characters.
0: I 100% agree with you on that one What's interesting about My Hero Academia, especially with their side characters, is because they are such a tightly woven community of characters, they're in that school setting, they are classmates, you see them all the time in shots, whether it's in the foreground or in the background, but also you have such an interesting cast of characters. They each have their own quirks and you really want to delve into that a little bit and I would feel that it would be a waste if they didn't include that and didn't have that character development there. So I understand where you're coming from and obviously that is one of the strengths of Boku no Hero Academia.
1: Well, exactly. And, and I find the action as a sense, because I can't remember the first ever anime that I watched with my girlfriend. It, I don't know whether it was Naruto. I don't think it was. But I remember there was these two characters and they were starting to fight. And then one, I don't know, threw a fist and then this big wave just erupted all around and there was buildings flying everywhere. And I thought, this is so over the top. I can't get into it. But it's coming from sort of a Western point of view where it's everything's quite realistic and you know with uh, Hollywood and stuff like that and and Disney cartoons and things like that but then when you jump into anime and then everything's very expanded upon and very over the top not everything a lot of the action can seem quite over the top and it's sometimes hard to just wrap your head around this is just it's just fantasy just go with it as opposed to try to logistically think of it making sense because that's not what it's meant to do.
0: I must say that it is interesting that anime is a little bit over the top because I know a lot of people use anime and similar media whether it's anime manga or even light novels as a form of escapism because I know there's a lot of people out there that they suffer from a lot of different conditions uh, depression etc and this is one of the things that kind of allows them to be disconnected or allows them to forget about their problems I for one also use anime as a form of escapism because there are some days you know where I do feel a little bit depressed I'm not going to lie to you and you know I don't want to do anything else but I I watch a certain anime and it changes my mood or it makes me feel a certain way and it lifts me up a little bit and that's always a great thing
1: yeah I know what you mean because um like for example I mean I have OCD so I've suffered with that for well most of my life so in terms of exactly what you're saying I would use from a young age movies So to escape in that way from, you know, rumination and overthinking things and stuff like that. So I I do know definitely on a a mental health perspective that these shows can really help because it, you know, it helps people get in tune with the characters on the screen. So, and just forget about, you know, all the stuff that's going on in real life. More so
0: on this topic, we actually did a review for My Hero Academia on this very podcast. And one thing that me and my co-hosts it's... <laughs> Found was that we really felt related to the cast of characters. We found them relatable. Particularly Deku, the guy who you mentioned was crying all the time. Thing is, why I relate to Deku a lot is because I have a lot of the same struggles that he faces. A lot of the time I feel that I can relate to these characters on a more personal level, like I mentioned with Deku. He is a person that has no quirks, he has no powers, he's living in a world in which they are against him effectively, right? Being bullied for something that he can't change in himself right honestly I relate to that a lot because I've went through that in my childhood and obviously uh, been bullied for race, um, religion, a a lot of different things so I relate to Deku a lot and it's a testament to the show because I find that a lot of TV shows especially in the UK I don't really relate to the characters especially on soap operas and and stuff like that like if I was watching EastEnders I'm not gonna relate to what's going on in the pub or what's going on in the chip shop but you know what I mean so yeah i don't know why i brought up eastenders but i thought that was quite funny to be honest with you i used to love eastenders back in the day but i never really related to the cast of characters
1: well yeah i mean the problem with shows like eastenders because obviously it's a drama so you have to have conflict but in these shows like versus reality you don't have conflict every Hmm. second of your day Every relationship isn't a but Obviously, these are written to be like that. And and as you were saying, with the Deku character, it's it's interesting and more relatable because, you know, there's superpowers and all this, or powers and all that sort of stuff. But he wasn't really chosen by All Might because he had anything special in terms of powers. Uh, he It was his own character that pushed him forward and made All Might, from what I remember of the first season, uh, it made his character, Shun, and All Might so. That. It's, it's a bit like Captain Rogers, Captain America. Yeah. it's the same thing he wasn't picked for any other reason than he put his life on the line selflessly Mm. he was a selfless character and that because ultimately in in any walk of life whether it's reality or in shows or anything like that or animation the power isn't the issue what it is it's the character behind the power so if if you've got a dodgy character uh, and you're sort of immoral in some way or your views and all that sort of stuff then you're going to use that power to progress that idea whereas if you have a good character then you're gonna use your power into to increase that view which hopefully would do good in the world if that makes sense it just got really deep
0: yeah to be honest i didn't expect it to go this deep already 20 minutes into the recording we started thinking about life now but what i wanted to know just to give it a little bit of a comedic edge i want to throw this question out to you where do you see yourself on this spectrum do you see yourself as a hero do you see yourself as a villain do you see yourself as all might with one for all or do you see yourself as all for one do you want that power for yourself or do you want to share it with others
1: so the funny thing is and my my girlfriend laughed in the early morning with this so she never realized that my alarm clock for work is the all for one theme tune because I, I basically got it off of uh, YouTube, and I got the awful one, you know, it, which is again, uh, you know, when there's the awful one reveal. I can't remember if it was season two. See, I'm a sucker for music and themes, and when his theme played, I was in sort of, uh, and I'm not, I'm not overinflating it. My girlfriend could tell you, I was in ecstasy because I leant forward, and I'm like hear that music can you just listen to that theme that is the best thing about this show i just love this music because it's so haunting but it's so Mm. interesting and it just i don't know what it was i mean i've watched the scene again and it didn't quite hit the, the same as the first time when i saw it and everything just melded together because you know when you're watching a show you don't know what's happening you don't know what's going to happen and it just all worked and i just remembered uh listening to that and I really loved it and that's why I made it my theme tune my uh, daily uh, alarm for for work or whatever Uh, in terms of character uh, as I've always said I think like everyone maybe listening to this it's good to aspire to be the best that you can so that could be a Deku that could be an All Might but I think the the thing that I would say is I would want to cling to the parts that are negative of me as well, because without those parts, you don't have the good parts. Okay. So I think a, a lot of I think a lot of people like they would want to, for example, they want to be Superman and you know Captain Marvel and all this uh, all these characters that are that appear just so good and so positive and all that sort of stuff, which is great. But for me, it's never really realistic. And as I said, I I ground myself in the way of I like to maybe be the sort of grey area if that makes sense.
0: Honestly, I did not expect that answer. I thought you were going to say that, oh, I, you know, I wanted to be like All my and come in and swoop the day. But that is quite interesting, to be honest with you.
1: I mean, you do see them go through their different bits and and then all of a sudden they get to their, their point where they're most famous for. I'll be honest for myself, the real interesting bits is where where their character is challenged. You know, when they go through the conflicts Because you can't have, say, the light and dark, for example, because this is, you know, throughout time, it's always light against dark in different, you know, stories and things like that. But you can't have the brightest light without the darkest dark. Mm -hmm. And that's often why you find the characters that are the heralded the, the best and the brightest, they've often got the darkest pasts because you can't get to that point without experience in the dark parts. so for example in real life you can't experience a lot of the positive stuff without experiencing the negative stuff and with myself as well you try you know keep that all at bay you try not to experience in anything overly challenging or that take you out of your comfort zone or that's too uncomfortable yeah uncomfortable but you need that to grow because without that you'll never get to that point if that makes sense so it's that's my answer I wouldn't want to, I would aspire to get to that point, but I wouldn't want to do it to the detriment of letting go of all the stuff that's made me get to this point.
0: Okay, that being said, we're just going to go on a little bit of an ad break. If you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, you won't be hearing an ad break, so just bear that in mind. So thank you for subscribing or thank you for listening to the ads. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the notice boards in Canning Town Station. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Go and check them out at getlivepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll for 14 day free trial of Crunchyroll premium service that means anime without ads 1080p HD you can watch it on all your favorite devices your TVs your phones whatever even if you want to watch it on your Chromecast you can as well that's amazing go and check them out 14 day free trial you've got the most diverse collection of anime and manga on the internet so go and check them out it's a no-brainer lads getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll thank you Crunchyroll for sponsoring this episode of the podcast This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the lovely people at Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers a unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. And who doesn't love candy, right? Japan Crate brings you a delicious selection of snacks every month. You can check it out on our YouTube channel. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember, use the code GALP for $3 off on new subscriptions. So getlifepodcast.com forward slash japan crate user code g a l p for three dollars off and if you want to check out what snacks that you get in the crates go and check out our youtube channels links will be in the description so go and check them out thank you japan crate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast Okay, and we are back. Hope you guys enjoyed the ad breaks. If you didn't listen to the ad breaks, well, thank you for subscribing on Apple Podcasts. I really do appreciate it. But we are back with Anthony from TFL. We're going to be talking about the notice boards in Canning Town Station. So I just wanted to know where did the idea behind the artwork on the rate boards come from, because I noticed that across the TFL network, there's a lot of very interesting things written on the notice boards. Whether that is poetry poetry or you know little motivational quotes and things like that. I know for example my local station tends to have motivational quotes from some very inspiring people you know Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi etc. What made you think well I'm just going to draw some anime characters on these notice boards?
1: I mean I don't know what your local station is but I mean as you said well I mean over the network you'll get some colleagues that will do their own thing so often it will be the inspirational quotes which oddly enough I start off about two and a half years ago with quotes but to be honest with you I mean I do love inspirational quotes but to me it just wasn't my thing so I wanted to interact with the people going through the station so I would do things like uh, jokes so you know quotes and jokes and all that sort of stuff and often I found the ones that really hit home were the relationship jokes because it's what ultimately everyone can relate to whether that be if you're single or or, you know you're in a, a relationship or you're married or and all that sort of stuff I would play around with different jokes that I'd find off the internet and and, and I'd put different boards out and people really liked them and would take pictures and they would you know which I really love because you'd see people laughing and you know as opposed to just walking through the station there's no emotion whatsoever because you know what it's it's like you are just getting to your destination so it's not a place where you're thinking oh I can have fun if that makes sense so I was doing that but then after about two or three no it must have been about four or five months I'd literally run out of quotes uh, and jokes I couldn't think of anymore because obviously we can't be deemed to be put in anything that's deemed to be offensive yeah. or anything like that so the library is quite barren if that makes sense so because I have to be very careful on what I put on the boards and how I word things and all that sort of stuff so it was actually one of my colleagues who said why well, don't you know you should draw a picture with if the quote and i said well i mean i can do a heart but i've never drawn before uh, to be honest i'm rubbish I'm, I, I don't know how to do it so I'd, I'd given it you know a miss so i did more quotes and then i think one time I, I you know ran out of quotes again and then i thought okay let me i'll try and do something and i think it was i don't know whether it was coming towards valentine's day uh, so what i did was i drew a forever friends bear i think it was in i mean in the in our twitter feed someone actually posted that i think it was last. Like, week and I, and I said to him, you do realize that was the first ever board at Canning Town mm. but so I did that and I thought oh you know what I copied it quite well and then I thought all right and then colleagues were like oh, okay you know they said it was nice and all that so I thought you know what I'll try another one so then I did that and I saw people taking pictures and stuff like that it was a bit of you know a tussle because in a way where it's mainly safety critical information on the board so often it was like rubbed off and things like that but then it, it started to grow traction with passengers with the different boards and then uh management were like you know what we've got something positive here you know people are actually enjoying coming through the station and so that's why it was okay we'll let you we'll let you do it you know we'll you know if we need to do anything in emergency we need to use the boards then you they'll have to be wiped off and we'll have to that goes over and that's and i said that's no problem so from there i, I started to realize oh mate I, I can copy quite well so i'll do disney stuff i'll do uh, studio jib G- stuff and I drew my girlfriend as well on one of the boards and you know a lot of people liked that. So it grew. I mean I I mean ultimately as well because as I mentioned earlier, because I suffer with O C D as well. Sometimes when the footfall in the station is a bit low and I start to overthink a bit and ruminate, I would use the boards and doing the drawings and the quotes and things like that to help stable my mind Mm. or stabilize my mind. So it'll just it helps me get through the day to be honest with you you know mentally uh yeah that's how it started to grow
0: am i correct in saying that the reason you put the anime characters on the board was possibly a direct influence from your girlfriend because she got you into anime and that was something that you were into at the time
1: yeah i mean i would say definitely the studio ghibli ones i mean oddly enough i can't remember the the one i first ever did i think Mm. it could have been the spirited away or something like that but i mean because i've done lots of sort of mario and tom and jerry i mean the tom and one is one of my favorites I did because that was really difficult to be fair I did uh, the last airbender lots of people keep asking me to do Dragon Ball Z but it's it's the same thing the the reason I can't do a lot of what people ask is primarily down to the pens because a lot say for example is it Goku in uh, Dragon Ball Z Mm a lot I think his outfit is just mainly orange and the the problem is, is when you draw you know you color in the board and stuff like that it takes a lot of ink so i'll frequently be going through lots of pens and stuff like that so i I choose characters mainly on you know the color as well and obviously difficulty because some you know i've you know i've still got to just practice with and things like that so that's why i'll do like say halloween i say the annoying thing but with the anime characters i don't know if this makes sense to you and the people listening but a lot of the the drawings can be quite suggestive that you you're trying to copy so so... Uh-huh. I would have to for example say artistically but like cover things up or do different pieces of clothing to sort of cover certain parts because again you don't want to put things on the board that can be suggestive in, in any way yeah. and stuff like that so I mean it's good in a way because it helps me have to do things in my imagination and practice that way and and all the boards yeah have, have come out really well so yeah especially with the Halloween ones and, and stuff like that yeah.
0: First noticed the boards when I was coming back from MCM Expo 2019, which was, I believe, (laughs) the, the last Expo since the pandemic started. And I'm not sure if it was an original character, but I was just amazed by it, because you don't really see anime out in the wild. But I am curious, was that an original character of yours?
1: I think that was one of the first Halloween characters. Hmm. that I did so it's Halloween and I just put anime Halloween because I mean another reason for the anime is because it's not so lifelike if that makes Hmm. sense because yeah. with when you've got pens you can't really do shading mm. so it's very block so yeah so I, I picked that particular one again it was I can't remember what website it was on it was uh, some sort of animation site but again you know I had to do certain things with the suggestive part just you know uh, do clothing in a certain way which was uh, better for the board and stuff like that but yeah I mean I, I enjoyed that one I was looking at that one the other day actually
0: so how do you decide what to put on the board for that day
1: often it's not on the day, it's usually the day before okay so I'll, yeah so i'll go through things and i'll often ask my girlfriend what do you think of this and that and, and she'll say oh yeah that looks good or this one looks good and yeah i'll just i'll just do that because i have to do it on complexity as well and with choosing it it's just uh, just seeing what works and what doesn't work but ultimately it's really what i really want love to draw so if i don't love it then there's no point in drawing it because if you're not feeling something then it comes out in the drawing and you just if things start going a bit wrong you just can't be bothered to carry on with it so that's what I I find if I've really got to like the image
0: oh one thing that I wanted to know is that how do you draw them what equipment do you use I'm imagining because you need to wipe them off in case there's an emergency or anything like that I'm presuming you're using dry erase markers right
1: uh so what I use is just normal yeah dry erase uh pens and I mean I get them off of or amazon uh and uh yeah just uh yeah, just draw on the board and uh i mean now i'm using uh posca paint pens they are tougher so you need water or say a bit of uh, alcohol so you know like hand sanitizer or something like that and they come off pretty easily uh, but that's mainly to, i mean two reasons i mean the first one is uh because in terms of coloring in with posca pens you can get much larger nibs so in terms of coloring in it it takes a a fraction of the time as opposed to uh, really slim uh, pens which take me hours and hours to colour in and the second is obviously uh, when people come by and they just see fit to just wipe their hands through the board drawings so it's just harder for them to wipe off.
0: Recently I did notice that you're getting a lot of people that are currently vandalising the boards and if you are one of those people that are listening please don't do that because it's not really nice that's the first thing
1: and secondly
0: a question for you Anthony what do you do to prevent that from happening?
1: Well, ultimately there's nothing I can really do in in that regard. I mean, the only thing that I can do uh, which I have done for a, over a year is I've got uh, plastic sheeting that I found in the posters you know, the poster bin in work and I think I've got three of them and what I do is they fit perfectly in the whiteboard and I just cover the image like that but as you said, currently we've had uh, a member of the public not see fit that uh, boards uh, should have any artwork or any sort of the station shouldn't have any sort of pictures or anything like that so um he's been coming through and just uh yeah vandalizing it on purpose which is quite highly annoying because it it destroyed one of my favorite boards so uh, but yeah so you know we just that's why i've got on all the boards uh, behind a uh, cordoned area which is a shame that you have to do because people really like you know entering the station they just see the images there and then they can take pictures straight away whereas when they're on the side they could be missed a little bit it's
0: honestly unfortunate that there are some people out there that don't understand that someone might have a bad day and then look at these boards and see one of their favorite characters and it might make them feel better and it genuinely like I mentioned it is quite unfortunate that there are some people that aren't necessarily considerate of the needs and the emotions of others and it's a shame because these boards take you quite a long time to actually get done
1: yeah I mean not to put too fine a point but I mean often some of the images I do they take three or four days Me to do and as I was saying about the Posca pens the main reason they take so long is because one the the board is quite large in itself but then it's the coloring in it takes a takes hours and hours and hours so when people put their uh, hands through it I mean sometimes it's you know little, little children would run up to the board and you know it's you know it's not their fault as such you know they just see a nice image and they just want to poke it and whatever uh, most of the time their parents will just be like I'll oh, stop and and all that sort of stuff they'll apologize and they'll go on but as i said sometimes people just maliciously just put their hands all the way through it and sometimes what well, most of the time i can repair it it takes a few hours to repair it and but sometimes as the last three days uh, it's you know they've just ruined it beyond there's no point repairing it you're just drawing it again so i'd rather just wipe it and then try and do a new image
0: okay we're going to go on a little bit of an ad break our final ad break in fact and then when we come back we're going to talk more about the boards because that's why we're here it is very interesting we're going to delve into it a little bit more so we'll see you on the other side of the ad break This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at J-List. J-List brings you the latest anime and otaku goods from Japan directly, whether that's anime, manga, cosplay, import game, visual novels. J-List has got you covered. Learn more at galifepodcast.com forward slash J-List. And remember to use our link and the code G-A-L-P for 5% off on all purchases on J-List. That's including the orders. Remember, getlivepodcast.com forward slash JList. Thank you very much, JList, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Hello, this is just a reminder for you guys to check out our Discord page. If you go to getLifePodcast.com forward slash Discord, join our Discord page, join in on all the discussions that we're going to be having, whether it's in our gaming channel, our anime channel, go check us out there. Hopefully in the future, we'll be doing our giveaways, all podcast giveaways will be done via Discord as well. So make sure you join in on the fun. In addition to that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Podcast. If you like what you see here, follow us on Twitter. We'll be posting new episodes, videos, announcements things like that on Twitter as well. So be sure to check out our Twitter page if you want to be notified of all those kind of stuff. Anyway, back onto the episode. Okay, we are back for the final segment. Hope you guys enjoyed the ads. And if you didn't listen to ads, thank you very much for subscribing on Apple Podcasts. So one thing that I really wanted to know, considering all the vandalism and things like that, are you going to be taking a break with the boards or are you going to continue them what are your future plans for these notice
1: boards uh, well during um covid and lockdown uh, the, i mean the, the reason why i didn't do a lot of pictures j- during especially the beginning of covid and lockdown is because obviously the footfall was uh, quite low so there wasn't really anyone coming through the stations uh, or the station so i just thought there was no point but uh, as it was coming up i thought oh, okay i'll I'll do one, and people reacted positively, and then I did a, a couple more, and then again now daily I have people coming up to me asking to do to do more. So that's why people going through the station or on the Twitter channel, you can see that there's I think there's four board, no, I think there's four or five boards now with images on them, and there's a couple of because they're two-sided, obviously. So couple, two of the boards have got a, a blank on each side. So I've got a, I'm just going to work on that. But yeah, I mean I, I will be continuing in the future it's just a shame that comic-con isn't happening
0: actually mcm comic-con in london is going to be happening in october so they're going to be doing mcm comic-con 2021 Uh, i don't know how it's going to work with social distancing and whatnot but it should be nice to see the expos come back and i'd imagine you'd get more footfall in the station during that time as well
1: The good thing about at the moment is that I've had the opportunity to, well, say salvage, but, you know, a lot of the boards are sort of on the other side of the station. So I'd taken those and I'd cleaned them all up because I had all old masking tape and bits on them and dust and things like that. So I cleaned all those boards myself. So that's why all those boards are being used and all that sort of stuff. And it's just a shame, as I said, maybe I can try and work on getting that many boards, you know, for when Comic-Con comes and then say on my shift. I can put them out, you know, in a safe sort of way, uh, out on the, the station, the ticket hall, and then, you know, g- get a lot of traction and a lot of interest that way because the last Comic-Con that was before lockdown, I mean, I was doing Studio Ghibli uh, pictures then and I had people literally standing behind me and uh, I think that a lot of them were from, definitely a group was from China and a group had come specifically from Japan because they would seen on the Twitter page what I was doing and they came specifically from Japan to come to Kanin Tan to see the boards. Yeah, which was quite nice. And the, a lady from uh, China, she gave me uh, a Chinese luck charm. Um, yeah, so I still got that in my bag. But yeah, she said she wanted, because she, she was leaving that day and she said she wanted, uh, she saw the boards and she wanted me to have the luck charm. So uh, yeah, so that's that. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, that you have people that you don't realise are seeing what you're doing, but from the other side of the world. It's, it's crazy when you think about it that way but yeah it does get a lot of traction
0: it is interesting that you mentioned that there are people from around the world coming to visit the station uh, particularly from japan because i'm not sure if you know this but japan's train system is fantastic and there are a lot of things within japan and japanese culture in which people do appreciate the system if that makes sense there are people known as train otaku in the same way that you have anime otaku right people that love trains a lot and i noticed specifically in japan if you're looking at Tokyo or you know places like Akihabara and stuff like that that the advertisements that happen for anime specifically tends to happen on train stations I imagine that's because a lot of people use public transport in Japan but not only in Japan I've noticed in San Francisco for example and in LA Funimation actually to promote the Demon Slayer Mugen train film they actually covered or I think wrapped one of the trains in the anime artwork which I thought would have been cool to see in the UK I do I doubt we'd ever see that though but that would be awesome to see as well to be honest with you but I think what is the most appealing thing about the notice boards especially to people that are coming from abroad is the fact that this isn't an advertisement this is someone that is doing all of this by hand lovingly so I think that they look at it they appreciate it more knowing that it is done by hand and i think that's a a great thing
1: when i've spoken to people they often quite say yeah i mean it's nice to be in poster form there's this thing where people appreciate it more because they one they can see me doing it so because so when i'm on shift obviously when i can i'll be drawing on the board and people can i don't like to say i'm an artist in that way but you know when people say they can see meet the artist that sort of thing so i think that's what they're drawn to as well because they can see it in real time happening and especially when people say from all over the world, uh, say in this specific example, say the uh, the Japanese uh, family that had come, and they're on holiday. So in, in a way, it's it's a pleasure to be part of that. They're they're coming on holiday to a country they've never been, and you're one of the places that they're choosing to pick out of everything. So it's it does it does make you feel quite. Uh, what well, makes me feel very appreciative because I would never have met these people ever, you know, and it's nice to have conversations with respect like with them say they would their children would name the characters or they'll say oh is this uh Deku or is this and like the yesterday uh it was the same thing where a, a man and his son were walking through and the little boy was like oh dad do you remember that one and he was pointing to the Princess Mononoke one and the father was like oh, I don't remember it and and I said oh it's Princess Mononoke and then he's, his face lit up and he looked at his son and he said ah oh, now I remember, now I remember it. It was just that moment of bonding because, I mean, I've come from a family where my dad wasn't really around. So it was nice. It was nice to see that in real life and just to see just that a simple uh, drawing on a board can evoke that and I've influenced that in a positive way.
0: I've noticed at least a little bit on your Twitter, I'm not sure if this was something that you were doing pre-COVID or during the lockdown and whatnot, but I've noticed that you're doing paintings. Care to tell us about it?
1: I mean as I said earlier like even now I'm more like to say I'm a more a copy artist in that way I don't say specifically artist because I do think there's a difference in copying something and then making things up in your own imagination from scratch so although I feel like I'm a good copy artist um you know in terms of the artists that created the originals I mean to me they're the real artists but from that I thought well how can I become better how can I do something different as a to just copying. So, I've started to try and to learn how to paint. So, what I do is I'll draw an image on the whiteboard. So, I do that primarily because when you make a mistake, it's easy to rub out. That's ultimately what it is. And, I, you know, it's freely available. And then I'd get. um Uh, say, uh, transparent paper, tracing paper. And then I'll, you know, trace the image and then I'll take it home. And then I'll trace that image uh, with carbon pencil onto a canvas. And then I'll just fill in the lines and then I'll paint it. So I've just done recent boards of Ponyo. My best friend, she's got a daughter that's six and she said she saw the board uh, on my Twitter feed or Facebook. And she said she really wants me to paint her this image. She wants it on her bedroom wall. So I thought all right well I can I can do I can do the image but I can do it with a nice cloud background because that's ultimately what the original image is the the cloud came out as a bit of like a sea like uh, people were saying is that a sea or is it a wave I'm like well, it was supposed to be a cloud so obviously work needed but the the image itself has come out really well and that's what I shared on the twitter page and people really liked it so yeah but that's what I I do I mean I've got like the my hero Academia ones that I drew uh, with All Might and Deku and other characters, they're on my wall so I've, they're on A1 canvases. Yeah, I mean, I, I just enjoy learning to, to draw. I mean, I, I, as I said, I never knew how to do it and yeah, and all of a sudden I feel, you know, I, I can do something. So now I'm learning how to paint and for the first time and use my imagination as opposed to just copying.
0: I'm looking through your Twitter page now and one of the paintings that stood out to me was the one with the mountains, uh, the one that's in black and why i take that that's an original right
1: yeah it's it's definitely an original so for example many people may think well like as many passengers of said to me you know what Anthony why don't you sell these images why don't you paint them and sell them and it's it's just simple it's copyright I can't do it you know so because as I said you have to explain yeah I do paint it or I may draw it but it's not my image to sell so it's it's annoying in that way but yeah because I could sell loads of them if I really tried but to be honest it's copyright I don't really want to get involved in all that sort of stuff so my idea is to learn to get better so copying is the best form of flattery so we start off with that point but then you learn to use your imagination more you know learn the techniques and stuff like that and then try to make your own characters so that's thinking of trying to do now and in a way it could be the sort of either canning town mascots or something like that or i could even approach the like, founder oh we you know what about doing these little mascots or something like that for special occasions but wherever that would go through or not but you have to come up with a, a good design so that's why on a lot of these studio ghibli uh what i say a lot of my boards you'll you'll find that I I replaced the clothes with the TFL uniform so I've done that with a couple of uh, other drawings and people really relate to it because it's it's sort of putting your little stamp on the local area but it's not your image if that makes sense so you're just making it a bit more localized people feel more familiar with it especially people because a lot of uh, passengers they don't know anything about anime they don't know what studio ghibli is i've, I've often uh, helped people along because their kids will say i really like that and then i have to say oh yeah it's a it's a it's a japanese film but then you have to sort of say it's like a cartoon so i say imagine it's a sort of japanese disney if that makes sense so that's sort of and then they they get their head around it but a lot of the time it's it's just once you say, oh, it's subtitled, they'll be like, oh, you know. But I think that's a good thing because it can teach children to read. So I wouldn't say it's a con, you know. I mean, it's just the tension spans, isn't it? Many people just can't get along with it because I understand when you read, you're not used to subtitles. You're reading subtitles and you tend to miss, to miss the the image, if that makes sense. So, yeah.
0: I will say this. It is getting a lot better especially now you get a lot more anime distributors, especially in the UK, uh, whether that's Funimation or Anime Limited or MVM. There is a lot more distributors and publishers in the UK. That means we are getting more anime in the UK. We're also getting a lot more anime that is dubbed as well as subbed in multiple languages. So anime has become more accessible to the general public more than ever. I know it's a big talking point online to say sub versus dub. What do you prefer? And to be honest with you, it's up to you as you mentioned and there are some people that just can't stand subtitles or they have short attention spans or or something that prevents them from actually focusing on subtitles or whatnot so it's always nice to see the dubs out there and there are some really fantastic dubs out there for example the my hero academia dub is quite popular Uh, as you can imagine it's, it's done by some very wonderful people at funimation not all dubs are bad especially now in the modern day so it's there for people to enjoy so people that are listening don't hate on those people that enjoy anime dubs. I know you might not like it, but it's there to make anime more accessible, and I do appreciate
1: that. Uh, I mean, when we've tried to do the English dub, I, I just can't get on with it. I don't know why. I mean, I guess the, the people listening in, you know, they, obviously they love anime and things like that, but there may be some people that are sort of getting into it. So if it's from me saying to them that I hated subtitled work in, in, in all forms, but then if you give it a try and you, you know, it's, it's practice, isn't it? You're practicing reading at a certain certain pace and things like that and then eventually you start realizing oh i'm looking at the image whilst i'm reading i don't know how i'm doing it but it's happening so yeah i mean that's that's what i got from it you know you know it took a little bit of time but then i mean i like just getting into the cultures of the different you Know animes and you're learning. it. Like, I'd say to my girlfriend, uh, you know, oh, this I never knew they, you know, they did had this in uh Japan if, if the anime is depicted in Japan or or a, a different part or a different country. And then she would she would like say, oh, yeah, they have this and they have that. And so it's interesting to know because we're big foodies because we're thinking we're planning well, saving up to go to Japan in 2023. So, yeah, so we're learning about food, but we're learning about food for animals. Do you see what I mean? It's it's just, li- it's just little things and just how you, cult, uh, cultures are different, how uh, different cultures will do, like, eat in a certain way. What's the customs about, for example, um, like, think learning about how to use chopsticks properly. You know, little things like that, which I never know. You just, you know, you just do your best. But, you know, it's just nice to know that the reasons why things are happening in certain animes and you think, oh, you know, it's just a total different cultural experience, you know.
0: I do agree with you on that point that there is a level of cultural exchange with anime I no- do understand that that is quite superficial in some cases but even governments recognize that for example I've noticed that a lot of times you see a lot of museums that are co-funded by the British government and obviously the Japanese government or even the Japanese government themselves when they're doing events in the UK or internationally like the Olympics that they use mascots from animation companies from game publishers and developers like Nintendo you know like toey animation with dragon ball and sailor moon and things like that or doraemon and they're using them as promotional tools to sort of sell their country or to get more people interested in the country i do understand that yes it is quite superficial at the beginning i believe that's sort of how you get into that cultural exchange you use that anime in a way to to get people drawn in and then you learn more about the culture you learn more about the food as you mentioned you're learning about japanese food through anime and i think that is a good gateway you did mention that you are going to japan hopefully are you planning to visit some stations there
1: my colleague who works with me at the moment she's she recently got back from japan say a couple of years ago say recent but just pre-covid and she stayed in osaka and uh she was saying about the you know the the advertisements on the trains and things like that so that's how i knew when you were saying it i thought oh yeah it does make sense now because i've never seen it obviously in person Uh, in answer to your question yes uh, and I definitely uh, like to go to the stations because obviously where I work on, it, uh, you know, for a train network, I mean, we've got the oldest network in the world, you know, London Underground. But it's also nice to see, like when we went to France and Rome, it was nice to see what the differences are, you know? And it's it's just interesting. And and oddly, my colleague was telling me about uh, Osaka and she said, do you know the, the poster you have to stand in front of and take a selfie and I said what are you talking about and she showed me this poster and it was of a running man
0: that's quite interesting I know that there's quite a lot of things in Japan that are quite quirky like that and I would like to go there one day and actually take a look at all the the beautiful historical buildings the sort of the neighbourhoods as well, I want to visit Akiba as well, Akihabara. I want to go to Osaka as well. There's so many different places that I want to visit and just go there and just relax. And, you know, buy some anime merchandise, buy some old games at Super Potato, stuff like that. Um, but that being said, thank you for coming on today, and and actually sharing about your job, the notice boards, and having that conversation on anime, I thought it was incredibly delightful to hear your opinions as well and how you got into anime because that's what Kunai is about. It's about sharing that journey of anime together and actually learning and growing with with one another uh, in this anime journey. I think that's pretty cool. Hopefully we do get you on in the future to talk about other projects that you may be involved in or anything else as well. Maybe we have a conversation on anime as well, I don't know. But before we end this episode, I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about any final points. Or anything that you really want to give the spotlight to
1: I mean all all I'd say is I mean it's, it's a cliche thing but just be yourself and believe in yourself and if you feel that you can't do something just say to yourself you don't know because you haven't tried the only time you ever fail is when you stop trying so that's evidence that I never tried drawing and now I know that I can draw maybe not from my immediate imagination but it's the stepping stone to something that's taught me to go into painting so that can take me into different areas as well and also um, if you are thinking of whether you're in uh, London or whether you're you're coming on holiday it would be really nice to see people if they wanted to come down and view the balls themselves they can say hello to me hello to staff and uh yeah it'd be it'd be a pleasure to if they wanted to talk about anything and yeah it should be a pleasure to talk to people about it
0: before we end this episode i want to give my thanks to a few people mainly anthony for coming on today and uh, talking about anime and the notice boards in addition to that i want to thank uh, tfl for actually setting this up and facilitating this interview thank you very much for that i really do appreciate it it and big thanks to our sponsors, JList, Japan Crate, and Crunchyroll. As always, big thanks to you guys for listening, whether you're listening for free on the other podcast platforms or for supporting us directly through podcast subscriptions on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much, really do appreciate it. You are the reason that the show has been going on for 11 years now, so thank you very much for that. Finally, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update. We are going to be updating you guys on on Twitter and on our website so that is at GetLifePodcast on Twitter and getLifePodcast.com forward slash articles we'll be posting our schedules so that you guys know what's going to be going on for the next couple of months what episodes we're planning what episodes are going to release etc so until then see you guys bye